That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. First, I'll look at the week's news. China's gaming sector has run up against regulators. It emerged recently that regulators have not approved any new games since early this year, and last week, officials announced that they would begin implementing real name registration for users tied to a central government database. Now the industry could see an accelerated consolidation after one of the harshest policy changes in years was announced to cap the number of online games. China said it will control the total number of online games and new titles in operation explore establishing an age reminder system, and take measures to restrict the amount of time that miners spend on the games. The cap will likely accelerate market consolidation toward top developers and quality games at the expense of smaller players. Some analysts said the move could push Chinese game makers to more actively go abroad for sales. With a new injection of funds, China's top plastic surgery app, So Young, has emerged as the country's latest billion-dollar startup as more Chinese opt to go under the knife to improve their appearance. More than 30 such apps burst onto the scene in 2015, but after a round of competition that led to consolidation, So Young, backed by Tencent, and Gengmei emerged as the two top players. So Young is essentially a social networking site that allows users to share anything about plastic surgery from writing reviews about their treatments to posting before and after selfies. Among its features are a location-based search function for clinics and a link for users to connect with doctors for live video consultations and payment services. The app was launched in 2013 after its founder, a son of a plastic surgeon who has had Botox treatment, wrinkle filters, and hair transplants, visited the streets of Seoul, where he was awestruck by the omnipresent beauty clinics in the South Korean capital. Smaller Gungmei told Caixin it had secured a round of $50 million in June. The number of crimes committed in Chinese schools has seen a two-year decline, a new report shows, but experts say the problem continues to be serious and the new figures may not fully reflect reality. 
In 2017, Chinese courts handled fewer than 800 cases of campus crime, including extortion, intentional assault, and murder, compared with over 1,000 in 2015. The defendants in all these cases were students. In China, the minimum age for charging someone with a crime is 14 or 16, depending on the seriousness of the offense. But these figures don't give a complete picture of schoolyard violence, including bullying and fights, because not all cases of violence are criminal. The cases that ultimately make it to the judicial system typically involve older children and are those that police consider particularly serious. For many adolescents, dorms are the main venue for extracurricular activities. Multiple people share a single room. Due to differences in their lifestyles, there is inevitable friction leading to conflicts. Additionally, because dorm rooms are private spaces, they are also frequently blind spots for school supervisors. One factor contributing to China's bullying problem is the one-child policy the country had in place from 1979 to 2015, said one expert. Children with no siblings don't learn how to relate to other people as equals while growing up. When these children study, interact, and live in the same place, they tend to like showing off and are less able to tolerate other people's mistakes and differences, he said. Kids from families in poorer circumstances also frequently have an inferiority complex. Japanese automaker Suzuki announced that it is bowing out of the race for the Chinese market as its more compact car models are increasingly being left in the dust by hulking domestic rivals. The decision is due to changing trends in the Chinese car market where consumers increasingly favor larger SUVs over Suzuki's smaller, lower-end offerings. Its state-run joint venture partner, Chongqing Chang'an Automobile, will take over Suzuki's 50% share and will carry on building Suzuki-branded cars. Suzuki was once a leader in the Chinese car market, with its joint venture vehicles making up around 30% of sales. However, China's homegrown brands have improved their offerings, and Chinese consumers are increasingly purchasing mid-range cars, eating into the company's sales. While Suzuki racked up major growth in India, Japan, and Indonesia, its year-on-year -year sales fell by a third in China last year. On the first day of school, more than 100 million elementary and middle school kids across China were assigned identical homework. Watch an educational show produced by the Ministry of Education and state broadcaster CCTV. But the show itself has generated criticism for its advertisements, content, and running time. Sitting in front of their TVs at 8 p.m. Saturday, the students and their parents found themselves being forced to watch commercials for nearly a quarter of an hour before the beginning of the program, whose purpose was defined by the ministry as to promote the spirit of science and contribute to the public welfare. The producers have since come under fire because the advertisements featured several extracurricular educational centers that the ministry has vowed to strictly regulate. Concerns about the program also include the fact that it featured controversial celebrities and a nearly two-hour running time. As the nation's top broadcaster, CCTV charges advertisers $15,000 for every five seconds of weekend evening primetime. Because viewing is mandatory for more than 100 million students across the country, the show has been the most watched program for years among shows aired at the same time. Some teachers have asked their students to submit photos of themselves watching the show and reflecting on it, even though some first graders can't yet read. 
a day after the show, CCTV apologized for the barrage of commercials and the slew of ads from private training centers. Speaking of school, some kindergartners in Shenzhen were welcomed back from summer vacation by a bizarre performance last week, their principal pole dancing in a midriff-bearing outfit. The dance, captured in videos that spread rapidly across Chinese social media, included a striptease and was one of ten performances the school had arranged for the children on the first day of the new school year. The other performances included Chinese dance and jazz dance. Parents of students at the Southern Chinese Preschool were not impressed and complained that pole dancing is inappropriate for children. The kindergarten has since fired the principal and issued an apology to parents. In recent years, pole dancing has taken off in China, where it is frequently performed in unusual contexts, including rural funerals. The country also has a national pole dancing team that trains at the China Pole Dance Sports and Training Center. In Tianjin. Let's turn now, as we do each week, to some of Caixin Global's reporters and editors for a look at some of the major news of the week. First up is Fran Wang, economics reporter with Caixin Global. Fran, we're talking stocks today, and、uh, many of our listeners will know China's stocks have been well on a pretty steady downward trend in recent months. But、uh, tell us what's happening right now on your beat.、Mm-hmm. I think the latest news that have catched investors' attention is a proposal. The securities regulator posted last week on the government website. Well, in the statement, they proposed to revise the company law to make it easier for for listed companies to buy back their shares from the market, which will potentially prove a boost for the struggling stock market. So, why would this boost the market? Can you explain that? Because when companies buy back their shares from the market, it reduces the supply of the stocks.、Uh, so if demand remains the same, the price of the shares will go up. And why、uh, the timing right now of, of introducing this new policy? China's stock market has been one of the world's worst performing markets this year because investors have fretted over escalating China-U.S. trade tensions and a domestic liquidity squeeze due to a government crackdown on off-balance sheet banking activities. For example, the benchmark Shanghai Composite Index has dropped almost 20% this year. On August seventeenth, it closed at a level that was the lowest in more than two and a half years. So, what specific changes to the law are being recommended now by the regulators? Okay, the China Securities Regulatory Commission said、uh, last week that they are seeking to broaden the circumstances under which companies can repurchase their shares, and simplify and speed up the process for obtaining shareholder approval for the buybacks. Uh, the proposals will also give companies more flexibility in how they deal with the shares by allowing them to set up a treasury stock account to hold the equities. You know, China currently doesn't have the arrangement of a treasury stock account, which allows companies to store the shares they buy back from the market for a certain period of time, for a relatively long period of time. Currently, Chinese banks have to cancel the shares.、Uh, 
they repurchased from the market within ten days or six months, depending on circumstances, or transfer the shares reacquired to employees if the shares were bought back for stock option plans to reward the workers, and that time period is within a year. But、um, under a treasury stock account. Companies will be able to keep the repurchased shares for up to three years. However, the treasury shares will not carry any voting rights and will not be entitled to receive dividends. Have we heard anything from the regulators, really spelling out their thinking on this? Yes, the regulators didn't say too clearly, as usual. However, the statements actually indicated what their intentions are. The CSRC said in its statement that limits on the circumstances under which buybacks can be done have prevented companies from repurchasing stock in a timely manner when the share price has fallen below its net asset value, an act that would help to stabilize market ex- expectations and boost investor confidence. And、uh, they actually said that the proposed amendments to the law are partly aimed at promoting the stable and healthy development of the capital market, which I take as a euphemism as to boost market performance. Fran, great talking to you, and、uh, we'll see how this works in implementation. Yeah. Thank you. Next up is Doug Young, managing editor of Tyson Global. Doug, let's talk about a company that's had a truly awful week.、Uh, JD. dot com. What do you know about what happened to China's second biggest e-commerce company? A very bad week is、uh, probably an understatement,、uh, both for JD.com's CEO, who、uh, goes by the English name of Richard Liu, and you know, as a result for the company's stock, which took a big beating、uh, on Wall Street. But the basic story is well that Richard Liu is is studying for some brief MBA program. It's not like a full MBA; just one of these one or two week courses. In、uh, the University of Minnesota, and apparently there was a night where there's lots of alcohol consumed, and lots of people were hanging out together. And、uh, bottom line is somebody has accused、uh, Richard Liu of of rape, and the police actually took him in and interrogated him,、uh, and he was detained for about twelve, thirteen hours.、Uh, you know, everybody's being very tight-lipped on all of this, so we don't really know anything else beyond what I've just told you.、Uh, we got some details about this drunken party that happened the night before from a waiter who apparently was at the party, but again, we don't know much.、Uh, after this happened, he was released.、Uh, his passport wasn't held or anything like that. And he actually came back to China, and he made an appearance at an event in Beijing.、Uh, but of course, all the tongues are wagging, and the the, the microblogs are buzzing. You know, is is he going to get charged with a, a crime? You know, a felony that could could be punishable by jail time. And then in the meantime, the stock has just taken a bath.、Uh, it was down about thirteen percent this week. And very briefly,、uh, this is not the first time that Richard Liu has had allegations of sexual misconduct or, or worse, leveled against him. There were some allegations that were made apparently in Australia a few years back.、Um, I don't believe they ended with any sort of trial or conviction, at least not that I know of.、Um, and then also, his current wife is、uh, this woman who's almost twenty years his junior. He's only forty-five, so this woman that he's with now. Is what about twenty five? That make her twenty five, twenty six, and she was like some internet personality 
who who is known by everybody as the milk tea little sister, uh, because apparently this picture of her holding milk tea was like her claim to fame on the internet. So this this is guy with a, a you know a history of having a little bit of a, a roving eye. I've I've met him once and he seems like a very friendly guy he doesn't doesn't come across as like a real you know aggressive i'm sure he's aggressive uh, you know i'm not a woman so i can't can't say how he behaves around women uh but you know he comes across as very friendly and and a, a nice guy so you know we'll have to see what happens here yes sister milk tea Zhang Zetian. tell us more about the company itself um how has it been doing and are these allegations what's really driving their difficulties on the stock market well, this is what I say to a lot of people is that Richard Liu's problems are, are certainly an issue. But the, the much bigger issue for JD.com is that they're just losing money hand over fist. And, uh, you know, this is a company that's been public for four years. Uh, they have posted a profit once or twice in that period. But my personal feeling is that they, you know, probably have been taking some creative accounting practices to do that because every time they post a profit, they go deeply into the red, you know, back into the loss column the next quarter. So it's not a sustained profit. You know, this last quarter, it was quite a large loss. So they say they're spending a lot of money to expand and, and, and you know, they keep giving excuses. But at some point, the investors are going to say, hey, show us the money. Where Where's the money? And uh, even before the stock tumbled this week on the the Richard Leo news. The stock was actually down about 25% this year. Um, so, you know, I think investors are starting, starting to lose their patience with this company. So gazing now into your crystal ball, uh, where do you think things are, are headed with Jingdong, with, with JD.com? Um, well, I think the stock is probably oversold. So if I was advising investors, I'd say the stock will probably bounce back a little bit as to whether or not any charges get filed. He he seems to have aided stuff in Australia, and I'm sure he's got very expensive and good lawyers. And, and the fact that they let him go without any bail and didn't take his passport means probably the evidence that they've got, at least to start with, doesn't seem real strong. So I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, charges get dropped or there, there probably weren't any charges. If no charges are filed and, you know, Jing Dong goes back to business as usual. Thanks, Doug. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks, Kaiser. And that's this week's show. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is powered by SubChina and is produced by Kaiser Guo and Tanner Brown with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Thanks, of course, to Ada Shen. Special thanks to Lee Xin of Caixin Global and to Spring and Autumn and Ufei for the music. Check out the latest podcast in the Seneca Network, New Voices, on women and China, as well as our flagship current affairs show, Seneca. And be sure to follow the news from China every day at SubChina. Sign up for our free email newsletter at subchina.com. Take care.